Last week, uh, Craig Herbert was here with us at Impact Rock. Craig was not a guest speaker. Craig didn't come to deliver an entertaining message because he's a polished speaker, which he is a polished speaker. He's a wonderful preacher. But he didn't come to entertain. He came to do what? Equip. He came to equip. He came as an apostolic gift to Impact Rock, which is who? Us, all of us, you and I. He came because he loves this church. He came because he's invested in this church. He came praying for this church, seeking God for a word specific to this church, and then standing up here with passion. I don't know if you noticed, his mic was like down here because he didn't need it because he was speaking so passionately. He'd hold it like way down there. Sound guys must have had an interesting time capturing his audio. But he was passionate, proclaiming, to us what God had given him for us. So there's a passage in Ephesians chapter 4 that breaks down five gifts given to the church for the purpose of equipping the church, of growing the church, of maturing the church. And even if you are one of those gifts mentioned, even if you operate in one of those functions mentioned, you're still included in the equipping that takes place of the church. I'm actually mentioned in one of those. Do you know that? It talks about shepherds and, and pastors having being a gift to equip. But I tell you what, as I sat there last week, I was getting sharpened and equipped and challenged and inspired because I'm part of the church. You're part of the church. We're in this together. I want to read that passage from Ephesians chapter 4. If you want to turn there, I'm going to read 11 through 16. I'm going to read out of the ESV. That's kind of my go-to, the English Standard Version. Um, And then I'm going to swap and I'm going to read a couple verses in the message because I love the way that it just kind of um, just conveys a powerful message. So Ephesians 4 verse 11. And he gave the apostles... So we're going to list them out now, five now. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or the pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that... So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every... Okay, so so, uh, note what we're not to be carried about by. Tossed to and fro by by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine and carried about by human cunning and carried about by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. 
when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Okay, so I'm going to switch now. We're still in verse 17, but I'm switching to the message um, for these last two verse, uh, three verses because it just says it wonderfully. And so I insist, and God backs me up on this, that there will be no going along with the crowd. No going along with the empty-headed, mindless crowd. They've refused for so long to deal with God that they've lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself. They can't think straight anymore. This is what the Apostle Paul had to say about the gifts of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, and what these gifts are called to do in equipping the church. I want to recap what Craig talked about last week in his responsibility of equipping the church and pointing us to Jesus. There were things he said before he even got to his intro that were so prominent upon his heart. I, I have listened to his message again and again and again and again. and again. I've listened to it multiple, multiple times this, this week. Because I wanted to hear. I'm like, Lord, what, what were you speaking? What are you trying to equip Impact Rock in? What are you trying to equip us in? And the thing that is very prominent upon my heart is he wants us in the game. He wants you in the game. I want you to know that when Craig said, hey, I didn't have a talk with, with Mark and Chris and Andy and, and I'm not preaching this based on any conversation with them. He's telling the absolute truth. But after that message, I started examining, okay, self-examination and then church examination. And you guys, it's easy to get mixed up in a rut. And I believe the Lord called us out this week. I believe the Lord called us out this week, and I want you to think about it. Since COVID, since the first time that we shut down and we started live streaming from my living room with Kara on the piano and my girls as, as vocalists, and then me preaching right there with the Jesus saves behind me, outside of, of the Harpers and Andy who would be there, we would have... Dan and Abby, darn near every single week. And for that stretch, that was it. That was it. And, and those who came did so out of faith saying, Lord, it's, I'm needed. I mean, Dan recognized, Abby recognized I was needed. I, I've, got, I've got to be there. And so they came just every week. But outside of that, we didn't have greetings, so greeters weren't needed. We didn't have hospitality. I mean, Kara's pretty hospitable, but it just wasn't needed to be shown to the church, only to her husband. Um, hospitality wasn't needed. We didn't have youth meetings. That wasn't needed. We didn't have this. That wasn't needed. We didn't have that. And I think we kind of stayed in that place where we didn't see that we were needed and we didn't put ourselves in the game. And even we, when we transitioned back into the place, I think there were too many of us who didn't re-enter the game. 
who didn't put ourselves back in the game. And reading this passage from Ephesians 4, I think we've allowed others to dictate our Christianity. I think we've allowed media to dictate our Christianity, fear to dictate our Christianity. Doctors that we don't know on TV to dictate our Christianity. I think we've allowed fear to dictate our Christianity. And the rut that maybe we've fallen into, and maybe some of you, whether you're watching at home or in this place, maybe that you've fallen into is you haven't put yourself back in the game. And I want you to know, God did not put you on the bench. And I want to speak to the youngest that's listening right now and to the oldest. God wants you in the game. God wants you at work in his ministry. And I started off by saying this. His ministry is thrilling. Praying for someone is thrilling. Prophesying over a hungry heart is thrilling. Learning as as you're prepping for a lesson and then teaching kids that lesson and then seeing the lights come on is thrilling. Honestly, greeting someone at the door with a smile and with warmth and seeing that person exhale and be disarmed by, by your warmth is thrilling. Representing Jesus is thrilling. I was thinking about this morning. Who, who would I be most excited about if they walked through this door in the entire world? Who would, who would I be most excited about? Someone who's alive today if they walked through the, through the doors. Right? Like, like an actual person. Like, like excluding Jesus. He's an actual person. That kind of came off. Yeah, Jesus. But, and for me, it was Denzel Washington. If Denzel walked through those doors, that would be like royalty. That would be like American royalty. I love Denzel. He's a believer. He's an awesome actor. He chooses his roles wisely. Love Denzel. Denzel's top of my favorite actors list. He jumped Harrison Ford years ago. Probably when Harrison Ford did the Crystal Skull Indiana Jones movie, and that was just horrible. Yeah, that blew it. If Denzel came... I would I would be thrilled if he needed help with something. If he needed to know where the bathroom was, I'd be like, go to this bathroom. This bathroom's better than those other two bathrooms. Go to that one. That was like the bat cave of bathrooms. Go, go in that one. Any tissue? All right, let me find the softest box of tissue we have. I mean, you know, I would, I would dote over heaven Denzel here. How much more so? should we dote over the fact that Jesus is here each and every week? He never leaves us. He never runs out on us. And we're called to be a part of this work together. I want to share some things, and I'm using quotation marks here. I'm just going to read. I wrote down verbatim what Craig had to say, and he said this as part of just a prophetic sharing, even before he got to the intro of his preach. He said, as a leadership team, are you prepared to get rid of the old and embrace the new? And church, is there a new way that you are prepared 
to get off your butt. And then he said, can I say butt? And I'm like, absolutely, you can say butt. Get off your butt and get in the game. But I honestly believe that it is time to get in the game. Then he said, your purpose is to be the priesthood of all believers. It's not one man, couple, or team doing the work of the ministry, but the priesthood of believers. Then he said this, those watching online and at home, if this is home, if Impact Rock is home, it's time to get off the seats, get off the bench, and say, God has a plan and a purpose for my life, and I want to see that. I want to see God use me in this place to fulfill his plan and his purpose. Then he said, that is his plan. That is his purpose for you. He said those things before he got into an intro. He had a couple prophetic pictures, and this was part of the declaration that he shared. Uh, The first prophetic picture that he shared, if you want to turn in your Bibles, was Luke chapter 8. And we went there, but... Here we have at the very beginning of his sharing what God's given him, he says, get in the game, get in the game. So I want to ask you right now, what has kept you from getting in the game? I want to ask you guys online, what has kept you from getting in the game? As a pastor and as part of, as one of those called to equip, I I do want to say, I think we're going to owe, I think we're going to owe some apologies to some people at the end of this this chaotic season. I think we're going to owe our kids some apologies for for demonstrating fear and asking them to follow our demonstration of fear. I think we're going to I think we're going to owe God some apologies and saying I trusted a doctor on TV who I've never even met who's indecisive and wishy-washy instead of trusting your son. I trusted the opinion of strangers instead of trusting you, Jesus. I trusted my candidate instead of trusting you, Jesus. I trusted my party, my news channel, my whatever instead of trusting you, Jesus. And I think we're going to owe some apologies. And that is a rut that we need to break as well. That is something that we need to get out of as well. Craig shared this prophetic picture that God gave him for Impact Rock from Luke chapter 8, verse 22. One day Jesus got into a boat. This is, uh, yeah, verse 22 through 25. One day Jesus got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And then he said to his disciples, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? Craig said this. He said, Yes, Jesus is in the boat. And yes, we can wake 
Jesus up just like the disciples did because he's there and he's present and he's available. But then he posed this. He said, should we? Should we wake him up? And then he even said this. Don't turn to Jesus and wake him up. Because he's with you. He's in you. And if he's at rest, and if he's in control, then we don't have to be afraid. If he's asleep, and he said, let us go to the other side, guess where you're going to end up? The other side. If Jesus said it, that's where you're going to end up. And if he takes a nap, you know what you should do? Take a nap. Take a nap with Jesus. Rest. Be at peace. He's in control. Look inside. Jesus, he said, oh, you of little faith. Of little faith. What he said is, look inside. I am with you. I am here. I'm in the boat. I'm at peace. I ain't worried about it. You shouldn't be either. He's in control. Time for the church to stop sitting back and letting life dictate their Christianity and their faith. Those were Craig's words. It's time for the church to stop sitting back and letting life dictate their Christianity and their faith. It's time for Christians to get off the bench and start changing the game. This is the third time that, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that Craig uses that phrase. And then he said, I don't care about the storm. I care about who's in the boat. What do you care about? The storm or the one who is master of the storm? Craig said this. If I decide to let fear dictate my life, then it's going to result in me being angry, frustrated, and hopeless. It's going to result in me being an angry, frustrated, and hopeless person. And then he said this, none of those tra- none of those are traits of Jesus. So in just being honest and doing a self-examination right now, what traits are we bearing right now that aren't of Jesus? Fear, that ain't Jesus. Anger, that ain't Jesus. Hopelessness, that ain't Jesus. We should decide that we're not going to let someone or something else decide how we are going to live our life and our faith. Because I know that God himself is in that boat with me. Talk about just some simple little ministry that's needed. Pointing people to Jesus and not to fear is needed. Let's leave it. Let's leave politics. Let's leave politics somewhere else. I'm talking Jesus. I'm not talking politics. My Jesus is bigger. My faith is in Him and no one else. Craig read from 1 Corinthians 12. And he read the end part of that. And then he 
he read First Corinthians 13, and he, he talked about love. And I'm not going to touch on, he really unpacked First um, Corinthians 13 wonderfully and said, every time you read love, you should read Jesus. And, and he talked about three things. He talked about um, what it is to be outside of love, to have no love. He talked about the effects of love, and he, he talked about being nothing without love. That everything we do, every bit of ministry that we do, it's, it's supposed to be done with love. And not with some love that's because you're so fluffy and you're so lovable. And you have such deep pockets of love in your heart. But those pockets run dry. It's because we we are with Jesus. And we just share the overflow of that time with him. And so we love people. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31 says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all possess gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Uh, By the way, all those no's, I, I inserted those. The answer is no to all of those but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Desire those things. Desire. It's okay to desire being a prophet, to, to desire being a, an elder, a, an apostle, to work, flowing in the, in the working of miracles. It's, it's good to desire those things. And then he says, and I will show you a still more excellent way, love no matter what our gifts are, no matter what we operate in, the more excellent way is that we do it with the fullness of Jesus Christ. And something that just resonated in my heart throughout this message as I listened to it again, hungry, like like a sponge just wanting to soak it all in. God wants us doing the work of the ministry. We are the priesthood of believers. It's not supposed to be a few people. Maybe during the the onset of COVID, when we were in my living room, yes, in that scenario, it was just a few. But we're not in my living room anymore. We're not in my home anymore. We're back in the building. And yes, praise God that we've increased our technology. Praise God that some really talented dudes have applied their wisdom and their knowledge and that we've got great equipment and and that we're able to reach more people. Praise God for that. But I'm just letting you know, if you're at home, you better be finding a way to serve. You better be finding a way to be a part of his ministry. You better not be sitting there comfortable, too comfortable, to not be doing something for the king. Because you are the royal priesthood meant to be serving and ministering and touching people. And those of us in this building, the same thing. Man, I've, I've had the, dis- the dissatisfied Christian life before. I have. I've had it where the Christ- my Christianity was completely dissatisfying. It was like eating Burger King, man. It was just blah. You just 
like, ah, I ate, but why? That just... If you're dissatisfied with your Christianity right now, I bet you there's a pretty good chance that you're not ministering. If you're dissatisfied with your Christianity, there's a pretty good chance that your eyes are set on yourself more than they are on our king and more than they are on his people. I guarantee it. If our Christianity is dissatisfying, then, then, then you've got to do a self-examination and say, why? Why? Why is it dissatisfying when I bear the name of the King of Kings, the Savior of the world, the Almighty? You guys, if our Christianity is unsatisfying, that means we're probably not spending time with Him. And buy a book, buy a devotional book that gives you one verse a day. And meditate on one verse a day and it will change your life if you're not doing it. Buy a devotional book from a trusted voice. And we can let you know who we trust. You know, we can give you names of people that we trust that we've, oh man, this is a great book. Find a devotional that gives you one scripture and chew on one scripture all day long. Our men's Bible study that Chris leads, we cover one chapter. Most of the time we cover one chapter. We're not there trying to plow through a bunch of ground. We chew on one chapter and we talk about it and we dissect it. It's not about this, you know, long amount of content. It's about getting with Jesus and letting revelation come through the Holy Spirit where he makes something come alive and it fulfills our hearts. And then you know what? The opportunity comes. The opportunity comes. Because you've got the word of God hidden in your heart and all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation or you find yourself with a, a friend or a stranger or an enemy that is in need of a touch from God. And so you share that one simple little verse that you think you're using in context but it doesn't matter because your heart's in the right place and you just want to share Jesus. I, I love Byron had a post recently. I can do all things through a... Um, uh, a scripture used out of context or something like that. It was pretty funny. We should be using scriptures in context. But God just wants a willing vessel. Young people, God just wants someone who's willing to represent him and, and to speak life and to speak truth and to pray. So no joke. We have, we have an awesome, I, 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 I mean this in all sincerity, outside of my wife, outside of my wife, um, if I need prayer, there's one person that I know will always pray for me, and that's Hawk. He is always on the text message that I send out. Normally, it's to like a handful of dudes. Hey, I'm having a rough day. I'm hurting. This dude will always allow himself to be used of the Lord. And others might say, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I love it. I love being prayed for. This brother will pick up the phone, find the time, and say, let me pray for you. And it, what do you think it does? What do you think it does? Well, let me ask you, Hawk. What do you think it does when you pick up that phone and you call me and you pray for me over the phone? What do you think that does for me? Absolutely, it strengthens me. So I ask you, what does it do for you when you hang up the phone? Strengthens you. It's a win-win, baby. Just being available. And I'm telling you right now, no, outside of my wife, 
Nobody is more reliable and dependable in praying for me than this guy right here. Why do I point him out? Any of us can do it. Any of us can do it. Any of us can do it if we're willing. Any of us can. He doesn't have a title here at the church. Hawk doesn't have a a responsibility right now. He's not leading a specific ministry right now, but he's always willing. And I guarantee this, if he does it for me, I'm not the only one he does it for. I, I don't know who else. I just know he does it for me. Are you willing to pray for somebody? Are you willing to say, I am nervous and I am uncomfortable doing this, but I'm going to point someone to Jesus? He didn't used to pray out loud. In fact, he told me, he said, don't ever ask me to pray out loud. That probably lasted about a week when I'm like, hey, brother, could you, uh, could you uh, bless the food or something like that? Like, it's... <laughs> All right. Craig talks about apostles and what they represent, that it talks, the, the apostolic declares identity and it lays foundation and it speaks of purpose. I thought that was such a powerful thing. Such a powerful thing. He talked about prophets and what they represent, that they make known and they announce and declare the will of God from what he has said, from his word, from the Holy Spirit, and that's the prophetic. Then he talks about teachers and what they represent, that they establish the truth of the word through teaching and discipling and mentoring. And that's pioneering. And we're all called to this. We're all called to make disciples. At the very end, when Craig was done preaching, he said, you know, stand up, do something. Those of you at home, do something. Stand up. Just those of you here, stand up. And then right away, he said this, I pray for Impact Rock that apathy would be broken. That laziness and entitlement would be broken. If I'm being totally honest with you, as soon as I heard that, that stung a little bit. I'm like, we're not, we're not apathetic. We're not. Oh, wait a second. Maybe we have fallen into that rut of apathy. Maybe we have fallen into that rut. My first instinct was to get defensive. Even while he was still praying, though, it turned. And I'm like, Lord, if we're apathetic, then please change us. Lord, if we're lazy, then please change us. He mentioned entitlement, which I can't stand entitlement. And he mentioned entitlement, and I'm like, yes, Lord. Let it be broken. He he mentioned a phrase kind of representing that apathy or maybe that laziness. He's like, some of you might be thinking, well, I don't have to do this. We pay people to do this. And then he said, Lord, I pray that you would give revelation that we are called as the priesthood of believers to pursue you. And in that place, you establish your kingdom. The testimony will be men and women getting off the bench and participating and that those men and women will become game changers. That's the fourth time he's made reference to this. When God speaks something four times, and I have no reason to believe that he wasn't speaking from the heart of God and and from the stirring and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, when when the Holy Spirit points something out four times, friends, we need to listen. 
He wants you to be a game changer. Tana. He wants you to be a game changer. That's why he singled you out on Wednesday night when you were sitting right there, and that's why he's singling you out again on Sunday morning. We were joking about it before the service, but he wants you to be a game changer. He wants these moments to be memorable. He wants you to be a game changer, every one of you. Trent, he wants you to be a game changer, man. He wants you to be available, and you're like, Lord, I don't know what I have to offer, but whatever it is, I'll use it for you. He's asking that of all of us. You're watching online? He's asking it of you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so bold as to say, if you don't have a legitimate reason for not being at church, get your butt up and get to church. If you don't have a, an issue that there's like a physical vulnerability, which I know there are. I see, we see David, well, when I come to men's Bible study, which is many weeks, it's not every week. I see David Andre every week. He's there every week at men's Bible study. He and Vicki, they got some vulnerabilities, and so they haven't been in here, but I guarantee he's watching right now. I guarantee I'll get an email from him later. He's got an incredible sense of humor. I'll get something funny from David later. I know it. They have a reason, but I'm just letting you know. If fear is your reason, that is not good enough because Jesus is bigger than fear. How do we how do we how do we wrap up this recapitulation? I just want to ask you to to give thought and dialogue to the Lord about what you need to do to get back in the game. Like to look inside and say, what do I need to do to get back in the game? Am I spending any time with the Lord? Because if you're not spending any time with the Lord, then how about this? Five minutes. Write a list. Five minutes. Will Will you spend five minutes with Jesus? If you're not spending any right now, I promise you, those five minutes will change your world. I'm not even asking for an hour or 45 minutes or five minutes. If you're not spending any time with Jesus, will you spend five minutes? If you're not spending any time in his word, Will you spend five minutes? Five minutes. We'll help you. If you're only going to spend five minutes in the Word, we'll let you know which books of the Bible to spend those five minutes in. And we'll just point you. John. There you go. John. If you only have five minutes, open the book of John. Great book. Colossians. If you only have five minutes, just open Colossians. Are you available to the Lord or have you shut yourself off? Have you said, no, God, you've got to use someone else. I'm not going to pray for that person. Lord, you'll use someone else. I'm not going to do it. If you have, then just repent of that. Repent of that. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I changed my mind. I'm, and I put myself in the game to make myself available to you. You have things to offer. You have ministry to offer. And God didn't put you on the bench. You put yourself there. Get up and say, 
Jesus, I'm ready. Put me in the game. I don't care if I, if I get the ball. I don't care if I'm there to set a pick. I don't care, care if I'm there to catch a pass. Yes, I'm mixing sports metaphors. That's okay. Lord, I get up and I'm available to be used by you. I will say this. If fear has become mightier to you than Jesus, repent. That should be on your action list. Repent. Say, Jesus, I, I changed my mind and I turn from actions of fear and I turn to actions of hope. Jesus, I turn to you. I applaud. I applaud our young people who are so much better than the older people at bringing friends to church. I applaud you, Christian. I applaud you, Cadence. I applaud you, Tana and Talia. I applaud you. Those who bring friends to church, I applaud you. You are kicking the tar out of the adults. So bring someone to church because there's someone that needs to be pointed to Jesus. There's someone that needs to see authentic relationship in Christ Jesus and that needs an authentic relationship. There's someone that needs a friend. Needs more friends. And maybe they're going to connect with, with Miss Joy. And that connection will so strengthen their lives because you brought them to church and now there's been a new Jesus connection made. Maybe you just need to ask the Holy Spirit, which I love doing. Holy Spirit, how have I put myself on the pine? And what do you want me to do to get in the game? And just have a dialogue with the Holy Spirit and and let him guide and teach and write it down. And I love repentance. I love repentance. Metanoia. We get to change our mind. We get to change our actions. We get to quit looking here going, oh my gosh, Jesus is even here. There's Jesus. We get to change and meta. We get to change and grow. We get to come to maturity. We get to be equipped. Go to our YouTube channel. Listen to that message that Craig preached. Um, Building God's kingdom was the title of his message. Listen to it again and again and again. Spend time with Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and you're awesome. And we don't want to be comfortable today. And, and we thank you that today is not one of those days that we feel entertained, Lord. We didn't come here to be entertained. We came here to be equipped. We came here to be sharpened and challenged. We came here to be in your presence and to not just go from week to week and message to message, but to camp on some really powerful things that you said last week and that you reiterated today. Lord, we, ret- we repent of in even the littlest way if we think this is about entertainment or we make this about us. We say, Lord, it's about neither. It's about you and it's about being equipped by you. Lord, we repent of allowing fear to affect our parenting, to affect our partnering, to affect the ways that we represent you. And we repent of fear and we turn to hope and strength and faith in you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for wisdom. Holy Spirit, you are so brilliant. So we trust you to give us wisdom in every situation and not to be reckless for recklessness sake, but to, but to be fearless for your sake. 
In Jesus' name. Amen.